Chapter Ten of Babu Jabberjee, B.A. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Babu Jabberjee, B.A. by F. Anstey, Chapter Ten. Mr. Jabberjee is taken to see a glove fight. A young, sprightly Londoner acquaintance of mine, who is a member of a sportish club, where exhibitions of fisticuffs are periodically given, did generously invite me on a recent Monday evening to be the eyewitness of this gladiatorial spectacle. And, though not constitutionally bellicose, I eagerly accepted his invitation on being assured that I should not be requisitioned to take part personally in such pugilistic exercises and should observe same from a safe distance and coin advantage, for I am sufficiently a lover of sportfulness to appreciate highly the sight of courage and science in third parties. So he conducted me to the clubhouse and by the open sesame of a ticket enabled me to penetrate the barrier, after which I followed his wake downstairs through rooms full of smoking and conversing sport-lovers, mostly in festal attire, to a long and lofty hall with balconies and a stage at the further end, with foliage painted in imitation of a forest which was tenanted by press reporters. The centre of the hall was monopolised by a white square platform, confined by a circumambience of rope, which I was informed was the veritable theatre of war and cockpit. Presently, two hobbardyhoys made the ascent of this platform with their attendant myrmidons, and did proceed to remove their trouserings and coats until they were in a state of nature, with the exception of a loincloth whereupon the president or master of the ceremonies introduced them and their respective partisans by name to the assemblage stating their precise ponderability and that these juvenile antagonists were fraternally related by ties of brotherhood at which i was revolted for it is against nature and contra bonos mores that relation should be egged on into family jars nor can such proceedings tend to promote the happiness and domesticity of their home circle however on such occasion when the youths were in danger of inflicting corporal injuries upon each other the president called out time in such reproving tones that they hung their heads in shamefulness and desisted and at length they were persuaded into a pacification and made the amende honorable by shaking each other by the hand whereat i was rejoiced for as poet watt says birds which are in little nests should refrain from falling out the victory was adjudged to the elder brother in obedience i suppose to the rule of primogeniture for he did not succeed in reducing his opponent to order combat next came a more bustling encounter between misters bill husband and mysterious smith 
which was protracted to the duration of eight rounds i was largely under the impression that mr husband was to win owing to the acclamations he received and the excessive agility with which he removed his head from vicinity of the blows of mr mysterious smith it was truly magnificent to see how they did embrace each other by the neck and the wonderment and suspicion in their glances when one discovered that he was resting his chin upon the padded hand of his adversary and from time to time the honourable chairman was heard ordering them to break away and not to hold or requesting us to refrain from any remarks and at intervals they retired to sit upon chairs in opposing corners where they rinsed their mouths and were severely fanned by their bearers who agitated a large towel after the manner of a punkah but in the end it was mysterious mr smith who hit the right nail on the head and was declared the conquering hero though once more i was incapacitated to discover in what precise respects he was the farkily princeps around the hall there were placards announcing that smoking was respectfully prohibited and the president did repeatedly entreat members of the audience to refrain from blowing a cloud assuring them that the perfume of tobacco was noxious and disgustful to the combatants and threatening to mention disobedient tobacconists by name whereupon most did desist but some secreting their cigars in the hollow of their hands took whiffs by stealth and blushed to find it flame while others who were such grandees and big pots that their own convenience was the first and foremost desideratum continued to smoke with lordliness and indifference and i am an approver of such conduct for it is unreasonable that a well-bred genteel sort of individual should make the total sacrifice of a cigar for which he has perhaps paid as much as two or even four annas out of consideration for insignificant common chaps hired to engage in snip-snaps for his entertainment the last competition was to be the bonne bouche and pièce de résistance of the evening consisting of a rumpus in twenty rounds between misters tom tracy of australia and tommy williams from the same hemisphere at which i was on the tiptoe of expectation but although they commenced with dancing activity one of the toms in the very first round sparred the other under the chin with such superabundant energy that he immediately became a recumbent for a lengthy period and on being elevated to a chair only recaptured sufficient consciousness to abandon the sponge and then to my chapfallen disappointment the chairman announced that he was very sorry and could not help it but that was the concluding box of the evening i will reluctantly confess that on the whole i found the proceedings lacking in sensationality since they were of very limited duration and totally devoid of bloodshed or any danger to the life and limb of the performers 
for it is not reasonably possible for a combatant to make palpable hits when his hands are as it were muzzled being cabined cribbed and confined in padded soft gloves i am not a squeamish in such cases and i must respectfully submit that the cause of true sport can only be hampered by such nursery and puerile restrictions for none can expect to compound an omelette without the fracture of eggs upon remarking as above to my young lively friend he assured me that even a gloved hand was competent to produce facial disfigurement and tap the vital fluid and offered to demonstrate the truth of his statement if i would be the partaker with him in a glove box but though doubting the authenticity of his assertions i thought it prudential to decline the proof of the pudding and so took a precipitate leave of him with profuse thanks for his unparagoned kindness and many promises to put on the gloves with him at the first convenient opportunity End of chapter ten recording by steve chilvers norwich england